Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. What's going on? Thanks for tuning in to today's show. We hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you're listening. We got another great show for you where we welcome Dr. Nazanin Moali. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and a certified sex therapist. And she also has a weekly podcast called Sexology. And she introduces the most intriguing findings in psychology of sex and intimacy on that show. And today, you guessed it. <laughs> what do we talk about? Talking about sex. Yeah. And we talk about the psychological barriers to great sex. And Dr. Mwali shares a lot of great tips and insights into what those barriers might be, how to talk to them uh, with your partner, you know, about them and, and really address the issues and get to a better place and so much more. And she shares a bit of her personal story too. Like if you're listening and sex is kind of taboo or you come from a conservative background, Dr. Mowali is from Iran and uh, shares a little bit of her personal experience growing up in a conservative household and then becoming a sex therapist later on. And uh, it's kind of empowering and hopefully you guys find it uh, valuable in that perspective. Yeah, I really love her overall message of if, if you are struggling, there is a solution to help you. So we really love that. And if if you are listening, this is maybe your, the first time you've listened to the podcast and maybe you are struggling with sexual issues in your relationship or individually. We've done a lot of episodes related to sexuality uh, in pleasure in the past, what, seven years. So we'll go ahead and link to some other ones that we find really valuable in the show notes. And and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is 
Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign me up. (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along. But we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Dr. Moali, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. Today, we're going to talk about the psychological barriers to great sex. So let's dive in. Through your work that you've done, what are you finding are some of the big psychological barriers to sex in individuals and in couples? Great, great question. And I think it's really important kind of to think about it, as you mentioned, individually and also in the relationship. Uh, sometimes people think if they have a right kind of a physiological touch or kind of like techniques, then they're going to have this mind blowing experiences when it comes to sex. But our mind plays a role, huge, huge role in us having a sexual experiences that we want to have. So some of the common ones that I see is that uh, some of the mood challenges uh, that that people at times are struggling with it. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist and at times I see that people are struggling with untreated depression, anxiety, OCD, all sorts of emotional challenges. And sometimes it's hard for people to make the connection that what's happening outside the bedroom it's impacting our mood. 
For example, if we're feeling depressed uh, or we're not uh, enjoying things that we used to enjoy, of course, for many people, the sexual desire becomes less present. Or perhaps I have clients that struggle with anxiety and sometimes they confuse anxiety with sexual uh, desire and arousal and that they want to have sexual experiences. But as we know that when we are in this alert phase or fight and flight uh, stage, it's hard to perform sexually. So then they have this frustration with performances or perhaps with my clients that they have OCD. So they have, it could be one form of it, it could be for fear of a contamination and germ and they feel bad about it. They don't want to talk about it with their partner, but because of their fear, they want to rush through foreplay. They, they don't they don't feel comfortable kissing the partner they're not comfortable uh, giving and receiving oral sex and that that is impacting their uh, sexual play with the partner because at times their partner think they're not desirable they're not into it and that can turn into this vicious cycle so mental health challenges untreated mental health challenges is one of those issues when people are struggling in their relationship with sexuality, I think it's common to just go straight to the bedroom part, right? Like, what are we doing wrong there? And it seems like almost 99% of the time, it has very little to do with what's going on there. And, And it's these other things, as you said, or individually, depression, anxiety, or as a couple, you're not gelling and, and you're just off one couple f- one person feels criticized, judged, you name it. So where do you start? You know, where would someone listening be like, yeah, I'm struggling in my relationship with uh, our sex life. Where's the first place to start to address which side of the area it's coming from? Well, I think, Chase, you brought up such a great point that uh, sometimes they're thinking, people thinking, like my clients are thinking that the issue is about uh, their sexual performance, sexual functioning. But in reality, the challenges are the symptom of what's happening for people outside the bedroom. And sexual challenges could be one of those uh, one of those symptoms. So my invitation for the listeners is kind of to think about uh, kind of the Challenges in two parts when it comes to psychological challenges. Some challenges are kind of like individual problem. Again, as I mentioned, it could be kind of mental health, stress issues, history of trauma, perfectionism, uh, kind of personality challenges, all sorts of things that it's more about you, you had it at perhaps prior to the uh, relationship. These are some of these challenges oftentimes for adults are recurrent themes. And sometimes the issues can be related to the relational factors. Perhaps we had this history of infidelity in the relationship. We haven't addressed it properly. And then uh, it's impacting our sex life. I had a client that uh, there was a heterosexual couple and uh, one of the, the husband was unfaithful. And when we were exploring different challenges, uh, the wife was sharing with us that anytime they start having sex, the images of the partner cheating on her was replaying in her mind. So, of course, 
that impacts our desire. When we're not trusting our partner, that can be another issue. Other issues could be the uh, kind of relationship dynamics that we have. Uh, sexual boredom is, is an issue. Sometimes people have sexual behaviors that they like and they haven't talked about it with their partner. So that that's also could be another issue. So the first step is to think about, is it individual issue or it's a relational issue? If it's an individual issue, uh, then people can work on addressing it on them, so with themselves. And if the relational issues, it's important to communicate about, uh, about these issues with our partner. Can you talk about the next step after that, whether it's the person realizing what their issue may be and then, then communicating it to their partner or the other, the other way around, maybe um, somebody sees that their partner is struggling, um, their partner may not be aware of it and they want to provide help to them. What would that next step look like in, in a relationship with a couple? Excellent question. So I think if it's an individual challenge, like the person is thinking this is, this is about my struggle or, or this is something that's not working for me. And let me address that. The first part would be kind of being very curious about the possible issues. Uh, so our sexuality is, is complex, right? So whenever, uh, we are in a sexual context in order for us to have, uh, kind of respond to the sexual, uh, stimuli, there's two parts to it. One is, uh, sexual accelerator piece, things that turns on, and there are things that are sexual inhibitors and other things that are uh, sexual breaks. So I want people to really think about what are some of the turnouts and what are some of the uh, turnoffs uh, psychologically for me and develop this plan of working on kind of the psychological break, like whether it's a mental health issues, emotional issues for yourself and track it. First step is like, let me see if I can tackle these issues. Uh, sometimes even with paying attention to, to these dynamics and working on some of the challenges we have, uh, we can certainly address them. But it's my experience that, uh, especially with my clients with a history of trauma, mental, like serious mental health issues, it's important to talk to a therapist and get some resources that way. Um, and also, of course, talking to your partner about it. I think if you are noticing your partner is struggling, so there's a psychological barriers for them and you want to give them feedback, that that's a little bit trickier, right? Because sometimes yeah. people think that when they bring it up, uh, then their partner might... Uh, it can be very complicated, right? Sometimes people get defensive. Sometimes we're kind of attached meaning to it. Kind of thinking about if my partner loves me, if I tell them these are the barriers that I notice, then they will change. But we know that uh, psychological change is such a complicated uh, phenomenon. So my invitation is for people, when you're noticing uh, things that are going on with your partner and you want to bring it up, uh, make sure you're bringing it up outside the bedroom. So this is what you're, you're doing, that you're telling your partner that you want to talk about this with them. There's something that you want to share with them outside the bedroom and kind of saying that giving, if this is an uncomfortable conversation, saying that, honey, do you have like five, 10 minutes that we can talk about something that's on my mind? So they know that this is not going to be a lingering conversation, that you're going to corner them for hours to have this conversation. And there is a time kind of time limit to it. And then sharing with them 
on what you're observing kind of in a very neutral way and see what what they think. Sometimes when you're bringing up these challenges, your partner, if they're ready, they might open up to you, but sometimes they might not be ready. And if you're pressing these challenges, these issues uh, repeatedly on them, that can create relational uh, rupture. But the other recommendation I have for people, if your partner is open, uh, when you say like, honey, this is what I'm noticing, and then have few resources ready. That perhaps if it's a mental health challenge that they have, you can ask them if they're they're interested in finding someone that can help, right? So you can give them like maybe a couple of names that you researched. Or if it's a relational issues, you can talk to your partner about the cycle that you've been noticing. So it's definitely useful when we're talking about this is a pattern that we're having instead of saying that you're doing this to me or this is what's, what you're doing to our relationship. And then kind of opening up the door and see what, what they're thinking. How we talk about everything in a relationship is so important. And sex could definitely be a kind of a touchy subject, right? And it's like, so what you're saying of saying, this is what I'm noticing and maybe even leading with like a compliment to your partner and this is what I'm noticing and really being aware of the way we're communicating about, you know, an issue that we're noticing in, in the bedroom is so important. Can you walk us through a little bit more about how we can approach that conversation so our partner doesn't get defensive or doesn't feel hurt that they're not performing or that something's wrong? I think you brought up such a wonderful point. We're talking about starting with positive. I encourage like every, every, all of the listeners that are here. Uh, and also I talk about with my own clients. I think for people that they have ongoing, uh, good sexual experiences in the relationship, they have this ongoing habit of talking about their sexual health, sexual kind of like dance that they have with their partner. Uh, one of the suggestions I give people at time is to have ongoing naked happy hour. So these are the times that you have with your partner, maybe once a month. Uh, some people want to do it once a week. We're talking about our sexual life. We're talking about the things we like, you want to try and the things that uh, we don't like. So if it's part of this uh, kind of a routine, kind of schedule thing that you're doing with your partner, uh, it it will be easier for you guys to have these conversations. But I know uh, in our culture, most people haven't taught uh, talking about sex and uh, we don't know much about in general communication that people are struggling. So I guess the, the steps that I recommend people to do is definitely talk about it outside the bedroom. That's That's really important. And then, as you said, talking about a positive, positive kind of a statement is, is important. I'm saying, honey, I love when you do this. When you're giving positive feedback, it's really, really important to be specific. Honey, I love it when you're kissing my neck and this, this place, or I love the pressure that you're kind of putting on my thighs. So give them very specific information about what's working. And also, if possible, telling them about what do you want more of? 
Uh, so I, I can we do more of this part of a touch? And of course, I, I encourage everyone to have a safe word in the bedroom. So if something feels painful, uncomfortable, you're stopping the behavior in, in the midst. So you have a way of communicating that. But again, it could be honest communication you're having with your partner of talking about them, honey, like I, I, this, this kind of a touch doesn't feel good for me. So again, you're not saying that you're doing this, therefore I feel this. You're kind of describing that this touch is not working for me. And one thing that's important is that sometimes people are sensitive to feedback. You can um, mention things and talk about things in the most gentle way, but sometimes uh, people don't have the ability to receive the feedback and it's not your fault. Of course, we want to make sure that we're addressing things in a positive uh, way, but I think it's important to not get super occupied about uh, being response, taking responsibility for our partner's emotions if we are talking about things in a thoughtful uh, way. The other thing that can be very useful if we're talking about something that we know it's sensitive, this strategy of talking about how challenging is that? Perhaps you can say, honey, I, I'm, I'm about to say something. I don't know how to bring it up or I feel uncomfortable. So the partner knows that this is a challenging conversation for you as well. And that often can help you to uh, build a good kind of foundation to, to share this information with your partner. And I think general, I think it's important for people to think about their relationship uh, and uh, as overall as a kind of like the investment, right? Like the same as your bank account. It's important to deposit things in this account, uh, in their sexual experiences, things that's working for you, talking about things that are working for you, things you're doing outside the bedroom with your partner. So you will be able to withdraw with making these like critical feedback. So I think it's important to make sure that you, you always have a good balance. Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. Chase and I do it regularly on this podcast, and it really helps us a lot to be able to discuss our issues and help find solutions with the therapist. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside and therapy definitely helps. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship or you're super happy, but you want to be proactive in your relationship and learn some tools you might need in the future. Or maybe you just feel overwhelmed with life and need someone to talk to. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better today because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I do podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash I do. That's betterhelp.com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Helix Sleep. 
As someone who spends a lot of time exercising, chasing after a five-year-old, and just being super busy all day, (laughs) I know how important sleep is. Because when I don't get good sleep, I wake up and it's hard to do those things. And it's important for everyone. And we spend half of our lives basically sleeping. So wouldn't you want to do it on something great and amazing that makes you feel rested? And some of you guys are probably on an old saggy mattress. I know we were for a while Mm -hmm. and you deserve better than that. So give yourself an upgrade. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes about two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So with Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. I took the Helix quiz and was matched with the Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm because I tend to sleep on my back and side. And I was a little hesitant to this because the Helix Dawn is a firmer mattress and I tend to love plush, soft mattresses, but I'm also a side and back sleeper. So sleeping on a firmer mattress over the last couple of weeks has actually made a huge difference on the way that I sleep. And I didn't even know that as a side and back sleeper, you're actually not supposed to have like a plush mattress. So news for me. So (laughs) (laughs) now I'm sleeping much better. And Helix knows that everybody's body is unique and different. And that's why they have several different mattress models for you to choose from, from soft, medium to firm mattresses, mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes directly to your door, shipped for free. Just go to helixsleep.com slash I do, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but we think you will. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely will. And we cannot stress how easy the process was when we ordered it, got sent straight to the door, super easy to unpack. And now we are having the best sleeps of our lives on Helix, thanks to Helix. So Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows to our listeners at helixsleep.com slash I do. That's Helix sleep.com slash I do for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Earlier, you mentioned sexual boredom being an issue. What does that look like when you're working with couples? Why are they getting bored? What's going on? And how do they deal with it? You brought up such a great point. Like one of the things I love talking about is sexual boredom. Uh, oftentimes I hear from my clients that they're having what I describe as leftover sex. So what's leftover sex is early in the relationship. We tell our partner, no, I, I'm not, honey, I'm not into that. And the other partner say, oh yeah, I don't like these behaviors. Uh, so thank God we're not doing those. And then 10 years into this relationship, we're having the exact same routine. And of course, even if you're having a meal that's delicious, first 10 times, it might be very exciting. 
But like after that, it will lose the taste of it. So I think it's important to think about that. Like if you're doing something over and over in the same rhythm, that that can lead to sexual boredom. And that's something I see a lot that people are struggling. And they think the issue is their partner, right? And thinking like my partner is boring versus thinking about that this, this dance, this behavior is no longer working for us. So I think part of it, it it's rooted in people kind of having this like routine that has been, it's been the same over and over and they haven't incorporated novelty into the dance. The other piece is that when we are starting to notice that sexual excitement wears off in the, uh, in our long-term relationship, which is very normal and expected for most couples, right? As we're entering different stages of the relationship, then we want to get the excitement to our fantasies. I don't think there's anything wrong with sexual fantasies, but if we solely rely on the sexual fantasies in order to keep going around when we're having sex with our partner, then we're not in the moment with our partner. And great sex is about being in our bodies. So if we're purely in our mind, kind of like going through this fantasy and we're not in the body, then uh, the experience we're having with our partner uh, is is not satisfying and can get boring because we're not even showing up with what's happening in the moment in this dance. What are some tips that you would give couples to to really try to spice things up and in, in keep things from getting boring or bring them out of that if they've been bored for years and it's just the same routine and they didn't even realize it, but... It's like their sex life is dead. What would you tell a couple like that? Well, first I would say that think about it being uh, common, right? Sometimes people think uh, everyone else is having a great sex life and they don't. Like one of the number one questions I get from my listeners is how often we should have sex. People think that there is a, this magic number that says that they, they are, uh, they're, they're having a good sexual experiences. Um, it's just more about the quality of connection you're having. So if you're finding yourself uh, sexually bored in the relationship, I think it's important to do a little bit of a self discovery. Now thinking about when, when did this boredom started for me and what is the emotion underneath it? Am I dissatisfied with the relationship? Am I dissatisfied with my life experiences? And uh, I'm going to talk about how we can change that. But if you feel it's purely part of this kind of like uh, the symptom of having this exact sexual, exact same sexual experiences, first step is like sitting down with your partner in a fun, in a kind of fun way, kind of thinking about the list of the, there are tons of different lists of yes, no, maybe out there. And I have one, and uh, but people can just Google it and kind of separately people go through the list together, kind of like identifying what are some of the sexual behaviors that is a yes or a yes. What are some of the maybes and what are some of the no's? And then you're exchanging this list with your partner and then you're creating the schedule of uh, implementing this thing. So one fun way of doing this could be kind of taking turn uh, like in a specific time of the day. So kind of thinking about Saturday night, this, we're, this is what we're doing. Uh, you're doing something from the list that you, you both said yes to. Uh, it's different than what you're already doing, 
but it's it's a yes from both partner and you're initiating taking turn initiating doing that and we're having this kind of mindset of uh, of course if it's horrible we're saying definitely no but if it's neutral if it's thinking about it at times like gifting this to partner so if you're doing it it's your partner's time, turn and you're doing this behavior uh, it's not 100% uh, like 8 or 9 for you in the list of excitement like from the spectrum of excitement uh, but if it's five or six, like gifting that to your partner, and this can be a way of uh, kind of expanding your repertoire of sexual behaviors that you guys are doing. So you can have your usual sexual experiences on one day of the, the week, but the other day is just about exploration and excitement. That's that's one way. But I think there is there is another way. Sometimes when people are sexually bored, it's because they're not connected with their partner. So one thing that can be very, very useful is carving time to kind of consensually connect with your partner, kind of really slowing down, doing activities like eye gazing could be one. There are a number of different exercises of mindful touching. So what we're doing is really paying attention to our partner and kind of exploring their bodies. And that can almost retrain our mind to switch from kind of being always in the realm of fantasy to be here and now in, in the context of the relationship. One other study that was very interesting that showed that people, couples who do exciting things outside the bedroom, uh, they feel more connected inside the bedroom. So perhaps one solution could be you both are doing like learning language together, travel together, doing something outside the normal routine that you're having. Uh, and that that newness, even if it's not sexual, can help uh, kind of energize your sexual dance as well. Have you ever worked with any couples where they are extremely shy or not vulnerable with talking about sexuality with their partner and it's like just extremely awkward all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so as as people can see from my background, I have a Middle Eastern background as my from my accent that I have a Middle Eastern background and I, many of the people come to my offices are coming from a conservative background. It's just so hard for them to talk about sex. Even in my Caucasian clients, so sometimes we're shy uh, because we had we have this message of uh, like for years and years, we thought it's not okay to talk about sex or especially for women that good girls are not talking about sex. So yes, that's unfortunately very, very common. And unless we're talking about it with our partner, it would be hard to to communicate that, right? So sometimes people say like, if she or he or they like me, they they would know what they like. And it's just a setup for uh, for disappointment because no one is a mind reader. So if you're extremely shy, I recommend you guys to kind of have more of a structured approach toward it. So kind of as you're going to the list, maybe you can choose a version 1.2 of what you're already doing. Uh, so I think that's that's important. The other thing is that you can start from developing this language of being a sexual with your partner with reading erotica to each other, right? You're not saying these things, but you're exploring it through the written material. It's like that also could be a way that people can uh, get used to talking about these things. 
If you don't mind sharing, you mentioned you have a Middle Eastern background and you are a certified sex therapist. So what was that journey like for you? Like going from maybe what were you coming from a conservative background? Yes, of course. So I, I grew up in Iran uh, in a very modern family, but I grew up uh, during uh, post-revolution in Islamic, uh, kind of uh, Islamic, under Islamic government. So my parents' values were very different than the uh, government values. That's why they didn't teach anything about mm-hmm. <laughs> sex to me. And that's how the way I landed this place of becoming a sex therapist was through my my own issues. So uh, when I was in a graduate school and uh, kind of becoming in a way of becoming a psychologist, uh, I was in a relationship and out of blue one day, sex became extremely painful. And that was going on for months and months. And it was just so confusing for me. And it impacted my sense of self. And I started going to a sex therapist out of necessity and she changed my life. And that's how I said, oh God, I want to do what she does. Because sometimes our issues are completely resolvable, but we just don't have the enough uh, kind of enough information. And that's something I feel very passionate about. Uh, again, I talk, I work and talk with people about all, all things, uh, kind of mind related, psychologically, psycho- psychologically related, but I haven't seen anything, uh, like any other concept similar to sex that when you give people a little bit of information, it can go very far. So that's why I love talking about sex and answering people's questions. Well, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, what a inspirational story that you do have this conservative background and you had your own personal issues around that and, and everything and then decided to take action personally and are now helping other people. And what you said is so true with all things in the relationship. And that's why we love having people like yourself on because it could be just like one little hack, like you're having an argument and it's like, do this, not that. Like what you're doing, this the the old pattern, it's never going to work. And then you make this one change and that could be for the bedroom too. It's like, how about communicating to your partner that something's painful or that something's pleasurable, but we're not taught these things. So it's really uh, important work and we love being able to share it with uh, our audience. Yes, I love that Chasey brought that up because I think sometimes people, when they have issues in the bedroom, they think, oh God, I'm broken. Uh, This is not fixable. There's something wrong with me. But sometimes, as you said, it could be an easy hack of changing small things in the relationship or adding some practices and voila, you're on your way to have a sex life that you want. Beautiful. And I think all of our listeners, if they've taken in this episode, will be on their way if they're not already. So thank you so much, Dr. Moali, for all of this great information. Let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online. And if there's anything we skipped over or you want to emphasize, uh, please share that and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So I have a show that called Sexology Podcast. They can find my blog posts, uh, content, information about my practice on sexologypodcast.com. I love answering people's questions. They're welcome. My practice is in LA. They're welcome to come in in person or I work with people all around the world. As far as a closing thought, I want to emphasize that 
if you're struggling, like to all the listeners, that if you're struggling, there is a solution out there. So uh, sexually, we ha- we made so many good progress and changes in the science of sex and pleasure. So there are ways for you to work through this issue. It's just a matter of getting connected to the right resources. Mm, well, thank you so much for leaving us with that note. It's very important for us and our listeners to remember. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com